and welcome to Are We Nearly There Yet? I'm Professor Andrew Sherry and I'm interested in people's journeys to discover who they are and what they're made to do. We can all learn something from other people's stories, so join me on another adventure. I was working local news and I was sent down to a sink estate in some goodness knows horrible bit of Croydon to go and blag my way into a convicted criminal's flat so he'd give me a story on, on my own you know with no and this is, this is no no company issued mobile phone or anything and I think about it now it's like my goodness <laughs> today I'm talking to James Murphy who is the chief strategy officer at the UK's National Nuclear Laboratory James's CV says he has particular experience in addressing complex problems that require strategic thought, and he's putting that skill to work on the new purpose-driven strategy, Nuclear Science to Benefit Society. James lives in Cheltenham with his wife Rebecca and two young children, Lydia and Alex. Welcome, James. Thanks, Andy. Nice to be here. Good. So, you grew up in Bournemouth. And you went from the seaside up to London to King's College yes. to read war studies. So mm-hmm. tell me a bit about the younger James and what motivated him in that direction. So as a kid, I was a little obsessed, I suppose, with the armed forces and with tanks. So just down the road from where I grew up, there's a Bovington training ground, which is where sort of the British Army has live firing uh, and there's a tank museum down there so as a kid I guess one of the things that your parents do is oh god what am I going to do with do with the <laughs> do with the boy took me down to the tank museum and, and so that planted seeds of interest and then I and I was involved in the cadet force when I was at school so so it was enjoyed that kind of stuff but then on a sort of slightly more philosophical vein I, I really enjoyed history at school it was one of the few subjects that I didn't bunk off on or you know, I actually applied myself in and it just occurred to me that you know hum, humans seem to be obsessed with doing two things one is procreating and the other is killing each other and and, and I just thought it would be interesting to explore you know the, the those twin dynamics but particularly the 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 violence side of it why is it that we resort to violence to resolve differences and and the war studies course at king's is is unique i mean it's not now actually there's a few popped up but at the time it's you know it was pretty unique and had a sort of global standing the only place you could do it in the uk and i heard about it and thought well that's 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 an opportunity to explore and it, you know this question and there's different aspects of it you know some of it is around the strategy so you know what what it what considerations are there when you're a national government or a you know, dictator or a king if you go back far enough when you're thinking about military matters and so on and then some of it's philosophical so looking at you know sounds a bit morbid really but very interesting i felt a conversation we had about the psychology behind the bayonet if you think about the idea of having to close with somebody within a a meter of them and then you know pierce their body with a sharp instrument to the to, to, to modern sort of you know the modern era that's horrifying and yet for the vast majority of human history, that was the norm. It was only until the invention of gunpowder and, and sort of, you know, guns and so on, that you could be liberated from the psychological impact of having to do that. And so for me, that, there are also interesting profound questions in, in, in that as well. So um, it, was, it was an interesting, you know, it's got a quirky name. And I've had people tell, ask me, water studies, horse studies, you know, sort of mishear what you say. But for those involved in that world, you know, sort of military, diplomats, that sort of thing, it's very well known. And it, as I say, gives you an opportunity to explore 
aspects of humanity through the lens of of, of, um, of conflict. Yeah, yeah. And did you find that was something that grew your interest in in people and motivations and that sort of thing? I mean, or did you learn about your own motivations and, and sort of personality during that time at King's? In all honesty, probably not. And in fact, probably the other way. Uh, I, I, I reflect on it and I think that actually it became rather academic. And I don't mean that because it was a sort of a study, but it was you could see a bit like the game of risk. You know, you have the, the map and you have the pieces and, you, you know, you, you roll the dice and so on. You could see these matters almost as an abstract. And, and, and you could absolutely find yourself losing the humanity out of this. So I, I wouldn't say in the, in the, the time it really prompted a change in me and, it, and it, that, that sort of consideration came much later actually I was probably a late developer when it came to sort of empathy but the um but what it did do is give me a much more open-minded uh, and perhaps better informed view of what was going on in the world so therefore it was very hard then to see anything on the news without then thinking about the things I was learning or had learned at university why certain countries were behaving as they were what what strategic considerations they had and so that plants a number of sort of curiosity seeds in your mind that I think can you know, sustain you, you know, a long time ago since I graduated but but I, I observe the news and what the world's going on through a different lens than perhaps I might do if I hadn't had that experience and that sort of uh, learning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and was it that that made you think about journalism then? Because that was your sort of next move, wasn't it? Into newspaper journalism. It, it, it kind of was. So my first job actually was in publishing. And, and like lots of graduates, I, I, I'd gone into the subject without really any clarity of what I wanted to do. I had, I had thought that I'd go into the armed forces. You know, I'd spoken to the army a few times, they'd agreed to sponsor me through Sandhurst and so on. And that was the plan. And I sort of quip that you know after studying warfare for three years I thought the best place for me was absolutely nowhere near the front line but that's not that's not that's not quite true it's an easy it's an easy sort of get out of jail free card if I don't want to go down that sort of conversation but other factors influenced that choice um, not least I'd, I'd, I'd met a girl um, and subsequently became my wife and then the mother of my children so you know it was it was a but, but uh, I don't think that that relationship would have endured in its in its early days as it was if I then disappeared off to Sandhurst uh, and and clearly I think if you um if, if I really wanted it, then I would have found a way to make it work. And so it was telling me, oh, perhaps you didn't really want it. Long story short, went went to see a tutor. My, my tutor, um, with whom I became friendly and remained friends, actually. And sort of it was a bit of a, I don't know what to do. Uh, and so he, he, had a, he had a contact, somebody who worked in publishing, owned a little publishing firm. So I went into book editing first. So I used to work on, on some military history books and books for the American educational market, um, a series of uh, weekly magazines as well. So I was already in that kind of space in the, in the media and, and I was writing. So I'd always sort of had a reasonable flair for writing. It seemed as good a place as any to, to start a career. But um, <laughs> deathly boring um, and it requires an attention to detail that I simply lack and, uh, and I learned a lot of key skills though to be fair I did learn a lot of useful stuff in project management and I got a, a healthy number of you know moderate kickings in terms of my application which is always sets you up quite well but but what really flicked the switch was the Iraq war in 2003 so so he'd obviously had 9-11 and that happened just at, in my last year of university. So as a war studies you know, undergraduate, there is a, an enormous global uh, terrorist sort of attack, you know, global, global sort of importance. You know, it's very interesting. And then we had obviously the invasion of, of, of Iraq. Um, and what got me going was the reporting of it. I felt it was dishonest. So although I had some serious questions about 
whether it was a just war, whether it was necessary, and so on. I felt the reporting of it was unfair, and and particularly from the from the BBC. I'm sort of fan of the BBC, especially I've, I've been lucky to spend my career travelling around the world, and I think the BBC does an extraordinary job compared to what you get in other countries. But I felt it was biased, and I felt something's important as warfare. Can we just have some truth? And so, um, so perhaps you know, sort of rather sort of naively thought, well, actually, when well, I'll I'll, I'll go and train as a journalist. I can do a better job of telling the story of what's going on here, and I'll let others decide whether it's right or wrong. So, yeah, I jumped ship uh, and went to um, went to retrain as a journalist, and uh, uh, yeah, and then spent um, spent a few months actually. I'd always intended that I wanted to go and be sort of a specialist journalist, so writing about you know uh, defence matters or international relations, and had applied for to join an organisation that, that did that. But uh, but in the interim, I had the opportunity to go and work in local news. So I went and worked at the uh, the mighty Croydon Advertiser. Oh, very um, good place of my birth. Yeah, yeah, your old stamping ground. Um, and and spent some months, about six months in the end. It wasn't a huge amount of time before I got an opportunity where I wanted to be. But um. It's interesting that what you say about that sort of naivety and wanting to change the world. And at that age, it's sort of, I think it's a really important trait in people that the, the ambition is really high and the passion is really high to go and do something about, you know, a sort of just cause or, or, or something that gets locked in your, you know, in your mind in some sort of way. So how, how did you find it with, with that sort of mentality? You know, you wanted to go out and, uh, you know, get truth into you know, particular aspect of journalism, and then you find yourself in Croydon <laughs> on local reporting or, 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 you know, the next thing. How did you sort of manage the expectation on the one hand, the ambition, and the challenge and perhaps the reality on the other? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. I think the, the local newspaper experience was, there is an element of truth and justice in in print journalism. I mean, at, you know, at the time, there was an internet, you know, I'm not that old. Um, digital media hadn't really taken off. It was a, it was a replication of the print print form, but on in, on a sort of you know, digital basis. So it wasn't like you have today, a generation of clickbait type, type articles. And journalism is a very different industry today than it was when I started. But I was involved in a number of stories there that were about trying to uncover what was going on. Um, and there was that sense of satisfaction that you were telling a fair and balanced and you know sort of proportionate story of, of what had happened um but i wouldn't say it stated any sort of campaigning sort of drive but it was interesting and uh, i mean i i could t- <laughs> bore you for hours of all the weird and wonderful things you get involved in when you're involved in local news um and, and and croydon being the kind of demographic it is it wasn't sort of all cats stuck up trees it's quite gritty uh, and and you know and, and bizarre when I think about it now sort of you know NNL being you know such a safety orientated culture and I was working local news and I was sent down to a sink estate in some goodness knows horrible bit of Croydon to go and blag my way into a convicted criminal's flat so he'd give me a story on, on my own you know with no and this is, this is no no company issued mobile phone or anything and I think about it now it's like my goodness <laughs> I'm surprised that we're allowed to do that but um anyway but then the other side of the the coin, so the journalism coin, which is when I started going into the specialist industry stuff. So that was with a with an organisation called Jane's. So some people might have heard of Jane's Fighting Ships, which is well over a hundred years old now. But it was sort of the the standard tome on the you know on the bridge of Royal Naval warships, and then became a global thing. Like they they morphed over time into being a bit more than that. It's sort of a journalist journalism type organisation. 
and I was reporting on the industry, so the defence industry specifically. So um, again, less opportunity to get into the conversation around what was going on in the world and what it all might mean, but it did give me uh, a kind of insight into business and what was going on in the industry. So that campaigning kind of sense of why I wanted to get in journalism was never really sated through my experience in my career, which I I reflect on now, though I didn't recognise at the time, as perhaps being something that was an ember and then was still there for a number of years and had an opportunity to, to, to grow through other means. And perhaps we'll touch on that later on. But, um, but the journalism piece didn't. I, that was unsated. But what it did do is turn my attention to matters of business and particularly global business. Right, right. Because then uh, it's, it's interesting because when you look at your sort of history, you, you focus on, on, on the sort of war studies and then there's journalism and then you move into strategy. And stepping back and looking at those three things, you think, crikey, those are three very different areas. But I can see from what you're saying, there's, there has been a thread sort of running through and linking linking those different things together i think i think i think there probably has been um and the journey is you know i, I with hind, with 2020 hindsight everyone's career journey seems to make sense when you're playing it in front of you i can't say that's necessarily true i haven't planned my career um i've always been envious of people who've gone on to be lawyers or doctors or whatever and it's been pretty clear you know they can take their their career in general directions but the, the the trunk is pretty thick whereas I look at my own career path and I'd say well, I'm a pretty spindly sort of trunk and it's had all sorts of weird wonderful branches come off it but the uh, but the, 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 the connecting thread I mean I, I think one is around curiosity and so so I'm a curious sort of chap uh, and I like to try and understand the world around me and all the things I did to that point uh, and, and since but um, so there was that thread of curiosity but also deeper meaning is there's, there's, so there's something behind this that is more interesting. So even at local news, I remember I was involved in a story where they threw, I think, you know, sort of curtain-twitching neighbours fundamentally, but my goodness, thank goodness they were, because they uncovered a, an illegal brothel. So women had been shipped in from Eastern Europe, essentially human traffic, sex traffic. And so I was involved in, in the breaking of that story and all the rest of it. And so on the face of it, there's an interesting news story, you know, in, in the local area, police raid uh, an illegal brothel and people have been trafficked. You don't have to scratch below that surface to unveil uh, a very, very different story. And so I think that, that understanding the fundamental mechanics of something, the system that makes bit you see possible, I think has been there. And, and that with a sort of a curious temperament means you've got that combination of uh, jobs that give you an opportunity to explore behind the, the curtain. Um, but then also demand of you a bit of, I suppose, intellectual fleet of footedness, if that's a word, to be able to sort of stitch the different threads together to make sense of it. Yes. And I suppose that sort of skill kind of lends itself to the strategy side of thing. And what I was thinking was when you're doing your reporting, you're reporting on effectively what's happened and finding the facts and write, writing it up. But that ability to stitch things together, perhaps sometimes from snippets of truth you know and to make a story is a little bit like projecting forward with strategy where you can see some things more clearly than others and yet you have to write something that makes sense and is logical and takes you know an organization in a particular direction so do you think the journalism has helped you in in your move into strategy in that in that sense I think it has, although the, the, the kind of the stepping stone between the, the two worlds was going and moving into BAE systems and working in their 
such as a competitive intelligence team and a role after that directly in strategy. So, so it was about the application of some journalistic skills. So that analysis, that interpretation, the, the multiple points of reference to get to a sort of a, 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 an interpretation of the truth. That's an, that, anyway, that's a fundamental of any sort of intelligence work. So it kind of lends its, you know, journalism lends itself to that kind of activity. But then the, the so what bit and what might we do about it is then the bridge into, into strategy. So yes, I think there are helpful traits and skills you pick up from that that are applicable in lots of different areas. Yeah. And telling a story, actually, telling a story is an important part of it, because you've got to, you can have the most exquisite strategy, but if you aren't able to bring people into it or excite them or make it um, understandable or whatever, then then it will have less impact. And I think that's another useful characteristic of journalism as well. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's that's right for all sorts of communications, isn't it? I mean, one of the things I remember, one of the early lessons I I learned writing. Uh, sort of technical reports was one of my bosses said who's going to read this and I'd never I'd never thought anybody would want to read it to be honest (laughs) one of the things I was interested in with you know the various BAE and then you you worked in other a number of other companies Tech UK and Deloitte and then NNL is observing different cultures in different organizations and how how that impacted you you know, on you and the way you worked and, and the way you were able to do what you were being asked to do? Yeah, that's a, re- that's a really good question. I would say it's been one of the, the principal benefits, actually, of, of having moved around. Of moving, yes. Yeah, so, so the, you know, the places I've worked have always been because I've had some idea about what I want to contribute there or what I want to take from it. And so um, I've been lucky enough not to have to just take a job because I needed a, a job. Now, the circumstances that have led into some of these roles are, are, are being more pressured at times than others. And I won't bore you with the details there, but, but, um, but it's not always necessarily been at the time of my choosing or, or at a pace of my choosing. But, the, but because I've been clear about the kind of things that would be helpful to me and what I can contribute helps you make sense of the cultures that you're in. Because if you know, and you, you, I guess it's a hindsight thing, but you know, there were different cultures within the teams I worked at BA. I didn't just work in one job at BA. I worked in a number of them and moved around as a sort of high potential in inverted commas. And some of the cultures were toxic, and other of the cultures were very positive and, and, and nurturing. And, and so, when you're not clear what you're taking from something, you, you, it's harder to find the silver lining, even in a, a culture that doesn't work for you and and there's no point pretending that they're, they're all businesses have perfect cultures clearly they don't but i think in any environment there are things you can learn always and if you're clear about the kind of things you hope to take from that experience it at least gives you some incentive to stick with it a bit longer and learn from it even if some of it is is not how you'd want it to be and depending on where you are in your career of course your ability to change that culture differs I think anybody can positively influence a culture, no matter whether it's the start of your career or right at the end of your career. But the, the, the approach you take to do that, it differs. Clearly, if you're you know, on the lowest rung of the ladder right at the outset of your career, you can't start stamping around demanding things be different very readily. And you, you can in some places, but most places you'd find yourself having a, having a, <laughs> a few conversations without coffee. But I think moving around and also internationally as well, because I've worked internationally a lot, has given me better appreciation for, I don't always, I don't always manage it, but at least a better appreciation for what, why the other party or another person thinks like they do, what might be on their mind, 
what is causing them to behave as they are and not just seeing the world um, with my eyes sort of overlaid on their face if you get what I mean there are different there are different things that are happening I think that helps in terms of settling into a place and adapting just to have that just just take a moment to think why 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 is that person or that organization behaving as they are absolutely yeah it is it is is yeah I mean one of the things that I always say is is wherever you work it, it is about people and understanding things from their perspective and also often what's going on in their world in their work life at home you know it all impacts you know we bring all that baggage to work with us don't we as does everyone else so absolutely so looking back is there one event which you would or could point to that had a significant impact on your career Yes, I think there probably is actually. And, uh, and of all the questions that you sort of teed up for me before we spoke, it was the one I was hoping that you wouldn't you wouldn't ask me because it gets sort of you know a bit personal, a bit emotional, I suppose. But there is, but it might be worth telling the tale. So uh, back in 2013, I was in a sort of frame of mind of, sort of reflecting on why I was here and you know what, what my purpose in life was, uh, and that was partly framed because my uh, father was was terminally ill and just give you a perspective on life when those sort of things happen around you and um, I revisited something I'd thought about when I was younger in terms of a, a, a career and I applied I applied to, to, to go forward with this um, uh, sort of career option um, and it's, it's, a, it's a pretty pretty tricky process and lots involved in it and, um, and, and really quite hard and you know, unexpectedly I entered into it on the basis that it that if I wasn't successful, at least I could tell myself I tried. Um, but actually, as it turned out, I was successful. And, um, and I was delighted, as you'd expect. And just at the point, literally three weeks before I was due to, to start that, for, for various reasons, um, I wasn't able to. Uh, and I wasn't able to go forward. And, and, and in, in all honesty, it, it crushed me because the, 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 the reasons I couldn't go forward were, were out of my control. And I'd put such great store in in succeeding in that endeavor and I become so wrapped up in what it said about me what it meant to me um, I think there's probably a whole load of other sort of psychological baggage and so on associated with it but nonetheless it, it had become interwoven into my self-identity and when that was taken away from me it kicked me it kicked me really hard it kicked me all the way down to the bottom and it took me a very long time to recover actually and um, you know and, and, and reflecting on it I think it's been a bit like a grieving process in some regards you know there was a loss there and that sort of diagram that you'll often see of of, uh, you know acceptance and you know and all that kind of stuff it's perhaps been a journey I've been on I I couldn't say hand on heart that I'm fully at the end of that process despite the many years that have passed but what what the distance between it happening and now um, has allowed me to do is to reflect on it and and to take some benefit from it in a way that I think does influence my career today and my thinking about my career and one is that the, the achievement, it's not easy to, to aim at what I was aiming for. Uh, and, and I got there. And, and so that gives you sort of self-confidence that actually that you're quite capable. Um, and so when you're looking to rebuild your self-confidence and, and rebuild you know, your sense of purpose and identity, to remind yourself that actually against very stiff competition you were successful is, is a nice building block. So that, I guess, has, has helped because I think you know, having a, a true sense of 
you, you know what you're good at and what, what difference you can make is helpful uh, in any walk of life particularly in your career the other part of it i think is the was going through the experience itself in giving you a sense of fearlessness that if you can achieve that then there is nothing else to fear from and a process anybody else could throw at you and I, and I suppose it must be a bit like sort of running a marathon for example is you, you, you don't really fear a 10k or a 15k run when you know you can run 26 odd miles and I think there's something in that as well is that the, the, the achievements you take out you know that you have in life whether they're in work or whether they're in your personal life they can give you a, a sense of confidence you can achieve things in other in other walks which I think it did for me but perhaps most fundamentally it catalyzed my sense of wanting to be successful and not for the sort of monetary reasons or to become very wealthy those things have already been secondary to always been secondary to me it's really wanting to work where i can make an impact that matters be involved in something that's bigger than i am and so you know that that was very much the field of work i was looking at as a, a something bigger than, than, the, than the individual and that became really embedded in what i wanted to do with my Yes, yes. It's really interesting, isn't it? That I mean, something as significant as that. And, you know, as you go through life, we all get hit by different life events, don't we? What, you know, and they're all different for, for, for everybody. But often the way that you respond to what's happened to you, sort of outside of your control type stuff, says, you know, something about who you are as a person. And the ability to take yourself and actually to turn something which at the time just sounds, you know, horrendous and awful, but to take out of it some things which have made you a stronger person with ambition, with the capability to go into any situation. I think that's real, you know, credit to who you are as a person. Oh, thank you. Um, to, to turn it that way. So the last thing really is, um, you know, looking back at um, that young uh, James who was fascinated with tanks and war studies and, and, and all of that and heading up to London, what advice would you give your younger self? Another good question. I think, of course, any sort of advice you give you know, to your younger self is, is highly sort of contextualised because you know the journey you've been on and, 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 and where you've emerged at the point at which you're giving the advice so you know my my advice wouldn't necessarily be the same to another another person but no. to myself it's around patience i was always in a hurry and part of that was i felt i was in catch-up so i was a bit of a, a bit of a tear away at school and got booted out uh, and was a year behind so i felt to the catch-up and before i went to king's i actually went to ucl for a year so i when i started my career i already felt i was two years behind my my peer group um so there was probably that kind of catch-up driver that um that then made me pushier in my early stages of my career than i need to be and rather than thinking about building solid foundations there was definitely that sense of sort of entitlement i think and rather than sort of a bit more patience about build put the building blocks into your career because they, the more solid they are they will serve you well and that's not to say you know box yourself into a corner forevermore and someone will invite you out of your box um, you have to make the running for yourself. And I would absolutely say to myself, keep some of that pushing because it got you some interesting places. But just be a little bit more patient about, about how long it takes to do something or the progress you perceive you're making because the pieces will fit in into the jigsaw, I think, um, with a bit of luck. I think luck plays part. Be, be constantly being in a hurry, you sort of miss, miss the scenery. And actually the scenery can be really important to you later in your career. Yeah, yeah that's a really good analogy. Oh, thanks for that, James. And uh, thanks for your time this morning, too. No, it's been a pleasure. Thank you.